A reading from the book of Sirach. If you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. If you trust in God, you too shall live. He has set before you fire and water. To whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. Immense is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and all-seeking. The eyes of God are on those who fear him. He understands man's every deed. No one does he command to act unjustly. To none does he give license to sin. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we speak a wisdom to those who are mature, not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Rather, we speak God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined before the ages for our glory and which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him, this God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God. The word of the Lord. According to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen. I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, thou shalt not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Rakwa, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to, the, to fiery Gehenna. <clears throat> Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and reconcile with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to, to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Your right eye cause, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to, mit, to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you owe, or all that you vow. May I say to you, do not answer at all, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your, by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. God's word for us today, the Lord gives us a high calling in following him. And we hear Jesus saying, I came not to abandon the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets, and he calls us to share in that growth. 
And today is speaking so much about the importance of choices we make and where those choices come from within our hearts. And again, Jesus says, unless your holiness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you, will not, you won't enter the kingdom. The Pharisees and scribes were keeping external laws, but Jesus would say that their hearts were far from him. They gave lip service to the commandments, but their hearts were far from the Lord. So he's calling us out of that into really sharing what's happening in his heart. And we hear, first of all, about the power of choices. From Sirach, it says, before man are life and death, good and evil, whatever he chooses shall be given him. No one does he command to act unjustly, to none does he give license to sin. So that mystery, we're given free choice, but we want to choose wisely because we can choose poorly and distance ourselves from the Lord. I was remembering a kind of a meditation by a man named Samuel Smiles. He used the analogy of seeds and sowing with reaping and how our thoughts are the beginning of even how our whole life can unfold. And it went like this. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Isn't that powerful how even our little thoughts form us in habits and eventually a character, and that character will determine are we with the Lord or not. So again, I'll, to notice where our thoughts lead us, where our choices come from. And St. Paul then puts it in the context that we're really being called into maturity as Christians, not just infancy, not just childishness, but he says we're speaking a wisdom to you who are mature. That's the Lord's call, to mature in his grace and how we make our choices. And then Jesus comes and takes some of the Old Testament commands and gives us a higher calling in the New Testament. He says, you shall, it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. Whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So Jesus getting to the heart and the roots of things. What's the heart and the root of murder is holding on to anger and unforgiveness. Just the emotion of anger isn't necessarily sinful, but holding on to it, festering it, holding on to unforgiveness, fostering rage and anger, that's where the sin comes in. We block ourselves to God's mercy. The Lord is infinitely merciful. To receive that mercy means we're called to be merciful. That's what Jesus is calling us to. And then he comes to the challenge of how we see one another. He says, you've heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what's the root of adultery but the problem of lust, eh? And what is lust? It's a way of looking at others and seeing not the person really, but just an object for my gratification, just a part of them. 
that I want to be gratified with. That's what lust is, and it, it uh, is the root problem of where adultery infidelity comes. I was remembering a wonderful story about a uh, conference that was being held in Paris, and I can't remember if the clergyman was a bishop or a priest, but there was a clergyman with other comrades who were at this conference. And they were out for a walk in the evening in Paris, and across the street they noticed there were some beautiful women. They were street walkers, prostitutes. And this one bishop, we'll call him, was really well known and very gifted, very holy reputation. He left his comrades on that side of the street and went over right to the woman. And his comrades were thinking, what is he doing? Why is he going over her? And he began to speak with her and he said, how much do you charge? She said, 200. He said, oh, that's not enough. And then she said, well, oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of French currency, it's 300. And he said, not enough. And she said, well, how about 500? Too little, he said. Finally, she said, well, what do you think I'm worth? And he said, I could never pay you what you're worth. But let me tell you about someone that did. His name is Jesus. And he talked with her about Jesus, how he had paid the price of her salvation, how he loved her so much and how precious she was in his eyes. And she eventually converted to the faith, changed her life. It was how he saw her that allowed that to happen, eh? So the Lord wants to help us see rightly again and avoid a lust, avoid uh, a way of diminishing each other's value. Then he brings us to this challenge about divorce and marriage. He says, it was said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Challenging words from Jesus. We want to see, we know that uh, human nature is weak. And Jesus says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he knows the challenge that's there. But he's pointing us back to God's vision of marriage, just as he would do in another gospel passage, where he'd say, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to give a bill of divorce to your wife. But it was not that way in the beginning. So God's design for marriage is a man and a woman to be bond together in an unbreakable bond, indissoluble bond, we call it. That's God's original design and plan. And his power alone can make that possible. But we know in our church, we try to, again, address this in a way that recognizes that high calling of marriage, what's the truth about that bond, but also meet uh, one another in the weakness that we do bear. And we know we have the process called uh, nullity process. Some people think annulments are just Catholic divorce, but they're not really. What happens is we take a look through the church to really examine what's happened with a separation of a couple and a civil divorce. What happened in the attempted marriage? We look for things that would be a cause for nullity or condition of nullity. So say a couple attempted marriage, 
but there was a serious addiction problem. Maybe it was hidden in the beginning, but a deep addiction problem that was destroying the marriage, or serious abuse, violence, or series of infidelities that show the person never really intended to be chaste in the marriage. Those things would be signs that there's not a sacramental bond. It's null as a sacrament. It was civil, but never became a sacrament. But if there wasn't an obstacle, uh, then we can't say that that was uh, a nulled marriage if there were all the things needed for a life-lasting marriage. Also, we can have things that were missing, like truth or freedom. Someone's pressured out of fear to marry. That wouldn't be a valid sacramental marriage. So the church really tries in examining carefully what happened and if there was obstacles, if there were problems that were going to prevent that from being a sacramental marriage, the church can declare a nullity and help people again heal and begin again. But it's never too lightly say that that was not a marriage. We know it's a challenge in our culture and the church tries again, we try to do the best we can to bring that balance of the Lord's high calling. And yet, if there is a null attempted marriage, to let people move forward with the Lord. In all these calls from the Lord, a higher calling to Christian maturity, possible by the Lord's power, the Lord's mercy. As we celebrate the Eucharist, think about those different calls of the Lord in your life. There are some areas that we need the Lord's grace and healing, some areas where we could be battling some kind of problem. Let's put our lives at the altar before the Lord and ask his grace and his mercy. Ask him to help us in the choices that we make and the attitudes of our hearts so that as we keep striving to grow and follow the Lord, that one day more and more we can actually be more living the character of Jesus.